0: Welcome to Rich Black Woman, your destination to enlighten your life from the inside out, where we empower you to to be be rich rich in mind, body, and bank. Now, here's your host, Yaz.
1: Welcome to the Rich Black Woman podcast, where we enrich and empower women to be rich in mind, body, and bank. I'm your host, Yaz, creator and founder of Rich Black Woman, and I'm excited to bring you inspiring guests from around the world will enrich your life from the inside out. Every week we talk with change makers from around the globe who will nourish your soul, your intellect, and enrich your bottom line. Ladies, it's time to bring the bank. And I'm excited about our latest guest, Sonia Lewis. She is the CEO of Student Loan Doctor. It is a full service coaching business with one goal, to help clients create a plan and understand how to pay off their student loan debt. She provides, along with her team, coaching to help with planning for repayment, loan rehabilitation, consolidation, refinancing, etc. cetera. So welcome to the show, Sonia. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, well, I'm really excited. I think this is such a hot topic right now. There's been a lot of articles recently about the intense and the immense debt that so many students are facing across the country uh, and in particular, of course, our show focusing on African American, uh, women and students of color. And in particular, we know that loans and repayment of loans can be a huge um debt for a lot of students, but in particular, black students, because we tend to have to borrow more. Our We don't come from families of wealth necessarily, where our college tuition has already been set aside or paid for. And we know all of the historical reasons for that. But today I want to talk about solutions. And so you being the doctor, uh, mm-hmm. we want to talk solutions and find out one, tell us a little bit about what your company does and how you provide relief to students.
0: Sure. So um, our company was started in 2016 with the goal of helping those understand their student loan debt and make an affordable, informative decision on how they wanted to repay their debt. So most times we're working with clients who are done the borrowing process, they may have completed their degree or sometimes not, but they still have to make a plan for how they're going to tackle their student loan debt. Um, So if you will, we we do student loan repayment with a hug, that's always our favorite joke, um, because this is sometimes very scary and intimidating for a lot of people, but what we try to do is really condense the information and make it something that everyone can understand Um, or that person particularly can understand and, and really how to make the best personalized plan for themselves.
1: That's awesome. Are you finding that a lot of people understand what they're committing to when they're getting into their loans? And then second part to that question is, what are some trends that you see that you wish people would know about before coming to you? So mm-hmm. if you could only tell them, you know, this is something you need to know, what would that be?
0: So I think that um, my favorite term here, and I, I've kind of coined this term, um, borrowing determination should equal career compensation.
1: Oh, say that again. Say that yeah, again. So,
0: <laughs> Borrowing determination should equal career compensation.
1: Love it. And Break so, it down.
0: If you are going to study a program or degree that the salary is only going to yield, let's say, forty thousand. Yeah. But you've borrowed seventy or eighty. No. Nope. Or you're thinking about borrowing seventy or eighty. I should say. That is a huge red flag that this may not be the best option for you. And sometimes we look at college as such an emotional decision. We're very proud to go to college. Sometimes we might be the first in our families to go, yeah. so you're not really considering the price tag as a factor because you're you're just knowing that you're going to college. But I'm really challenging families ahead of time to be more aware and proactive about having the conversation around the debt, and even more proactive and aware about what would it look like per month to pay this debt. Yeah. Real and life. So real life fast forward. And I even tell parents to go ahead and take it a step further and do a real life budget with the child making or at that point they're an older teenager. But so let's say you the person uh is estimated to come out earning fifty thousand. Well, let's actually do a fake budget. With that person on what 50000 could pay for. Yep. And that's put in there what the estimated student loan payment would look like, too. Right. And I'm telling you, when we do exercises like that, it gets really real yeah. for these students. And something clicks in to where I don't know if it's fair or understanding, but they're like, you know what? I actually don't want to pursue a degree that costs that much. Because here's the thing, and I say this all the time, I say it with love we live in a name brand society. We live in a name brand society even when it comes to colleges. Yeah. And so instead of making a good decision to go to a community college or a state college that could be more affordable for that child or parent, yeah, you know, parents are bending over backwards to send their children to institutions that are way beyond their price point.
1: I love that. Thank you for breaking that down. I've been saying that And kind of observing that trend and factor and having these sidebar discussions with different people, particularly in my family, my sister and I go back and forth. And that's something that we have seen a trend. And we've seen other family members and friends get trapped by these amazing private universities, but then they get a degree, let's say maybe in English, and then they're graduating with six-figure debt and they're not Mm -hmm. making six figures, you know? And so they basically already got a house mortgage, but they're never going to be able to buy a house, right? And so, and I think this is very acute to our community, uh, because like you said, many of us, we might be the first generation to be able to go to college. And so there is this thought that, you know, I've got to, if I get accepted to a four-year university, first of all, I should go. But I like what you said, Sonia, and kind of taking a step back teaching, creating that teachable moment is what you're doing. You're saying, hey, and it's a teachable moment for the parent and the child, right? Because like you said, it's a reality check. And it doesn't mean that they're not going to be successful by going to uh, that state college, right? In fact, I think I just saw a report that actually said, Mm -hmm. yeah, that there are more um, lower income students who are going on to become Uh, one and two percenters, so in the top earners of the country, coming from certain state schools. And just here in Los Angeles, Cal State Los Angeles was one of those schools that for whatever reason, the study was referencing, is able to take lower income students and suddenly through their education, through the network, they're actually becoming top earners. And yet the college tuition is extremely affordable. And I also like what you said about um, pursuing the JC route first, you know, the junior college route and then transferring to a four-year university. Can you delve into that a little deeper? Because I don't think people understand the cost savings and how that all works.
0: So, pretty much, here's what I tell people. When we think about families, especially a middle class family background, oftentimes that parent may have debt that they have been paying on or are paying on. So, that leaves very little room for saving for college. And so, what happens is there's a word that I use, it's called shame. Parents become ashamed that they did not save and plan for their child's college. So, then they're very, very to use their good credit or use the collateral out of their home to get this child now in school. But if we could just take a second and say, you know what, what would it look like to have my child start at a community college? Right. And here's the trick. Here's what a lot of people don't know, because I've worked for one before. Yeah. The, The 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 software, the technology, the staff yeah. First off, the staff is the same staff at these name brand schools. A lot of people don't know that's the hustle. Uh-huh. So you're getting the same professor anyway. Yeah. So especially if it's in the same area. Like I know that's a big popular thing here in Philadelphia. So the same resources, but if not more, are at the community colleges because they're they're heavily funded. Hmm. OK. OK. So this, the class sizes are tend to be smaller. Yeah. The technology tends to be up to date. There's more resources and support on campus, more resources for the student in terms of laptop programs. And so many people are are just so quick to say, my child's not going to a community college. Yeah, but that's the wrong thinking because do not let four years of education determine the burden for your child's life.
1: Yeah, say that so, again. that is yeah. that's a this is an -aha moment, what you just mm-hmm. said.
0: Do well, not let four years determine the burden of your child's life. And what I mean by that is I would hope that a parent that's listening to this does not have a child that has to be a client or the parent themselves has to be a client right. of the student loan doctor. Because if we just hit fast forward, because you wanted or you allowed your child to go to this name brand school You've now refinanced your home, 80000 or you signed up for a private loan of 70000 Bobby has borrowed sixty. It's a mess. And yeah. so how excited can Bobby be to go to work mm. when he is ready to start his career with a payment looming over his head? Yeah. He's not getting approved for a house in most cases, or so it's very difficult to be approved. His credit sucks, so he's probably relying on you anyway for more support. And now Bobby has to move back in because he defaulted on his loans and they went into his check and they took his wages and he's moving Mm. home because he can't pay rent. I'm being very dramatic, but this is what we see at our table every day. We serve 500 people on average a month. And I'm going to say 150 of them have the exact scenario that I gave you. So this is not an uncommon problem. If I had to reverse engineer what I saw at my table... It was that the student then acknowledged, which is now their adult. I probably shouldn't have gone to that school. It was fun, but it wasn't that fun. Right?
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, that's Mm -hmm. really good. Um, I think there's a way that for some reason junior colleges got the short end of the stick in terms of branding. And I love how you put in terms of we've created kind of these name brand colleges, and so we're going after the brand name, when actually the private label, if you will, is just as good. And and to your point, often private label clothing is made at the same factory as the name brand factory. So that's really what you're, you're saying here, that you're going to get the same valuable, useful education, but perhaps at half the cost. And then you have a plan to matriculate on to get that four-year degree, but you may only be paying for, you know, or financing two years, right? At a four-year university when you transfer versus having four years of that that college experience right exactly so so break down what you guys do for students on a daily basis I mean 500 students every month that's huge and Mm -hmm. how are you helping them get out of this mess
0: and I'll transition the word from student to to actual adult at this point because they probably were a student at some point and right. they graduated or not. So the people that usually work with us are probably 25 years or older. Um, they're probably looking to have good credit, buy a home, or really be you know, um, productive and on top of their finances. And so I would say the pain point is what drives people to us. And mm-hmm. so if there's something in terms of, let's say, a high payment Oh, no, my wages are about to be garnished. I'm behind. I'm about to default or I'm about to buy a home and I didn't get approved because my student loan debt is too high. I need to go into the right repayment plan. Could you connect me to any lenders, you know, that could help me get approved? So so the situation at hand, the work that we do is going to be determined by the pain point you need us to solve. So people do not come in smiling most times. Yeah. They leave smiling mm-hmm. and, and we're OK with that. That's because this is probably the burning or the bane of their financial existence. And I always tell people that student loans is one of those things where if someone could get away with ignoring it forevermore, because we all feel like our education should be free, um, they would. But it, it comes up at the most inconvenient times. When you're trying to make a big decision credit wise, yeah. when you're trying to buy a home for pa- for parents later in life. When you're now trying to get your child situated, you if you have a defaulted loan, you can't be anybody's co-signer. Wow. Um, there was an article that came out recently about how someone, a parent got denied. at one of these HBCUs, I think it was Spelman uh-huh. and. The thing is, is is Bellman's not a bad college, or the person who denied the, per- the the parent is not bad either. The parent probably, and I, this is my hypothesis by what I've read, the parent probably did not know or acknowledge that their loans were in default or behind. And when they went to go sign up for additional funding for their child, it came back that we actually can't approve you because your affairs are not in order.
1: Wow. Yeah, it's all linked together. Mhm yeah, it's connected. Um, can you talk about student or okay, so student loan defaults? because I know that for black students, we have the highest rate of default. Now, defaults are actually pretty common with student loans, regardless um, of background, but in particular, we tend to default on those student loans more. And I think you when you said earlier, Sonia, you talked about shame, I think that's preventing a lot of us from also admitting and getting help you know, from someone like you and your team. And I want people to get help because it's not going to go away. Like you said, like we can put it away and we don't think about it for a while. And then it's like, oh, we get married. We want to buy a house or we need a car. And it's like that pesky student loan is still there haunting us.
0: What I would say ultimately is and this is this is the thing I think everyone has to understand. There are going to be many things that go away in life, but not the student loan. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay, you need to put um, that on a T-shirt, Sonia. Yeah. Because um, people should. don't know that. Yeah.
0: And so, and even when you see advertisements like "We can make your student loans disappear off your credit," you sure could, but it's not going to disappear off of your. This rep- is the government will find you and your money before you You can't hide from this. If you have a social security number yeah. that is actively bringing in income, consider yourself found. Mm. So we have to get away from the mindset of hiding
1: yeah.
0: and avoiding and, and being proactive. Because here's the thing, your student loans don't have to be around until you're 80 years old. It could happen, but it doesn't most likely happen. Yeah. Most people are on trajectory to have it going by 50 your latest 60. And you, you really have to realize that 50 is your wealth building years. Yeah. And if you don't do this correctly, you'll find that your next generation and the next generation and the next generation is having to rebuild. Yes. Because of you. Yeah. And so when I talk to my clients, I try to put in perspective, and we could just hit fast forward, why is having our money in order? Why is having our student loans in order important? Because if we could just get off of self and think about our family, our children, our grandchildren that mm-hmm. come behind us, yep, we would not. Especially as a culture, African Americans, we wouldn't have to keep hitting the reset button.
1: Yeah,
0: that's so good. That's, so good. that's so
1: good. That's so good. And the, the, nothing but facts there, because and that's really why I wanted to bring you on the show because I recognize that student loans are preventing us and you hit the nail on the head from creating wealth to pass on to that next generation. And Mm -hmm. so we are struggling and it's almost like it's, it's out of, I think, a lack of awareness and quite frankly, maybe ignorance that we just don't know and that we have bought into this idea that to go to college looks a certain way. And also I love your, Um, When you said um, and you're going to have to tell me again because I want to end on that note in terms Mm -hmm. of what degree you should get and how you should Mm -hmm. determine whether or not to pursue that degree. Because I think we have to have a plan as people of color in this country and as African-Americans, because we know that there is already an inherent wealth inequality due to structural racism. And so Mm -hmm. let's not get get okie-doked on things we don't have to get okie-doked on, right? Like there are people like you out there and your team, and there's resources now that we can make a better decision now. We Mm -hmm. We don't have to be forced to go here or there. We can make a more informed decision. And it also sounds like, I mean, really, we should be thinking about this in like the early years, like, I I almost feel like, you know, your senior year is kind of almost too late. Like you should have already done the exercise that you mentioned by like eighth grade, you know, with your child so that they can be on the track for, okay, do they need to start taking chemistry? Do they need to excel in their math studies? Because we need to do a STEM career. Okay. Um, Mm -hmm. Because we know that software engineers and computer engineers are in demand. So, you know, um, may, and that changes the trajectory of what your, your child is going to pursue as their major. You know, I think we need to start, mm-hmm. um, uh, molding and influencing our career paths more at a younger age instead of yes. this. I think we've always been like, Oh, well, they'll just find themselves whatever they're good in, a lot of times, you're good in the thing that, like, your parents encourage you to be good in. Have you, I mm-hmm. mean, what do you think mm-hmm. of that?
0: Yeah, I think that especially when we talk about our community um, with Af- African Americans, we see that students study, and I'm a I'm a victim of this: the social work fields, theologies, the psychologies. Yeah, the the I call them the comfort fields, mm. and and it's because sometimes we come from underdeveloped school districts. Sometimes we're not as confident. True story. My mom used to say to me when I was growing up, and even as I became an adult, but I'll tell you how I nipped it in the bud. She (laughs) used to say to me jokingly, girl, you know, you're not good with math, but if you keep telling your child, they're not good with math, guess what? They start to believe you. Yeah. So when I started this business, it's a true story. I almost got smacked, but I lived. She didn't hit me. (laughs) Okay, my mom's not above that. all right? So, true story. I was leaving for work. This is right when I uh, went full-time in this business uh, about two years ago, a uh-huh. year and a half ago. And I was heading out the door. I said, all right, mom, I said, I'm going back to the office. I'll see you later. Um, she said, girl, wait till they find out you ain't good with math. Uh-oh. And she started laughing. She was, you know, that's how we joke in tease. Yeah. But I don't know. Something struck a chord that day. Uh-oh. And I turned around and I put on my silly voice. Uh-oh. And I said, hey, you will not <laughs> say to me anymore that I am not good in math do we understand now again I'm liable to get hit is it I'm not uh-huh. too wrong right. and um she didn't hit me uh-huh. it was a long pause I will say it's the most uncomfortable pause my life my life and she said um okay I'll stop saying it I won't say it again wow and I said thank you I said because I said I'm about to go face the world I said, I'm going to go help the nation. I'm being dramatic. Uh And I said, and I am working from the muscle. There is no paycheck. I said, and if you drop that seed of doubt Mm -hmm. in my mind as I'm driving to the office, that will subconsciously replay. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I'm able to say that to her and know that is because I've been doing a lot of work on myself these last few years with self-talk. Redevelopment my Good. mindset. Of to really I can tell. To make that's
1: excellent. And,
0: and that's why I was able to catch her. So, oh no, you're not going to drop that seed on me today. right And I gave it back. Yeah. And, and she never said it ever again. And she actually apologized. Wow. And Look at that. If I wish I would have told her that when I was not. But the point yeah. is, because <laughs> I actually am in a field where I'm doing numbers. Am I doing difficult, deep numbers? No. But it's those things like that as parents that we have to be careful about what we tell our kids we can or can't do. Yeah, they can or can't do. And and things like that. And just really, um, again, sometimes the background of the school district, sometimes that plays a factor. But what I want to just stress is. What does the marketplace say is needed? Right. And and did the marketplace say we need a okay, my, my background, my bachelor's is in anthropology. Okay. Did the marketplace say we need an anthropologist? <laughs> probably not. So I probably would have been more better advised to not pursue that field, right? Right. But yeah. who knew? Yeah. But I exactly. wish I would have considered uh, my mom and grandmother are retired teachers. Okay. Did the marketplace say we need educators, teachers? Probably so. Yeah. I didn't mm-hmm. like what the marketplace said that they made, so that wasn't going to work. But what I did understand was I still am a teacher to this day. I teach. Right. But I teach in my own way. I knew I wanted to be a teacher, but because I didn't like what I thought teachers made, you know what I mean? Right. I never went that route, and I didn't pursue it. But voila, I guess what we're back to doing, teaching. Yeah. So I'm in my element. And yes. here's the last thing I'll say. Parents really need to help their children discover their gifts. And I'm gonna give you a good example. My little cousin, she um she is on the, the money. When it when you talk to her about doing something and she'll get paid for it, uh huh. Do you know she will upsell you the amount you agreed to? Wow. And I said to my cousin, which is her mom, I said, Your daughter is going to be in sales. Uh-huh. I said, Because she has a natural <laughs> gift to upsell you. I told her $2. I wound up paying her 5
1: Wow. Look at
0: that. And it was just to go upstairs and get something for me. I didn't feel like <laughs> it. I said, Could you go upstairs in my room and find the so and so? I said, You need $2. Yeah. She said, I mean, she said, if you really want me to get it, she said, I'll take five because I gotta actually go through. She was giving me the reason. Wow. See, this little girl is only uh five years old. Wow. But she, she was able to articulate why she should have a three dollar raise. Right. So one I believed in women pay equality, so she there got we me. Go. There. Yeah. And then she knew enough to advocate. So and so I said to her, I said, I probably need to start having her shadow me at work. I said, because <laughs> that's a skill we need to continue to develop. Yes. And she said, God, I didn't even see that until you said that, but she just upsold me from two to five. (laughs) Right.
1: Yeah. Watch out.
0: Watch out world. What do, what do, what do our children, what do our children naturally show up good as? Yes. What's the thing that they love to do? Do they love to talk? Do they love to perform? Do they love to so, write are they creative do they make up stories the storytelling kid is not just a storytelling kid yeah. okay let's, let's let's transition that is that kid uh storytelling kids where they could write a story right and sell a book you know yep. I me mean? be be write a script
1: yeah and So
0: because we, we we pass so many things off but anyway i say all that to say when i have four p's i'm going to share um the first one is problem when we when we figure out a problem that we're good at solving right It's going to become a passion. Is it a passion that we can tap into? Because we probably are, if we're really good at solving it, we're probably passionate about it. And then is there, then we find our purpose because now we know why we're here or we know why we're able to help people, how we can help people. So we have a purpose now and then we get profit. And so Hmm. that's really all I did with this business. I figured out that I'm really, weirdly good at helping people with student loans. So then I had to train others. The work is now done by seven coaches, not me anymore, because I'm going to share this with you. T.D. Jake said it best. The problem with black women starting businesses is not that they're not starting them. It's not that they're not successful. They don't know how to get out of their business and be about their business. Hmm. And when I heard him say that, I made a call to the team that I had already hired that day. And I said, I'm out. You're in. This is what my support will now look like. I don't have to be hemmed up at the table to run a six-figure business. That's what you're here for. You all have degrees. You all are fabulous. I trust you. So I had to get out the business and be about the business. Okay. And then when I realized I was really passionate about it and it became my purpose because it was so easy and effortless for me to do, I think what, let me just back up. The business can generate, right? What I made in a year at, another, at, at someone else's job. Yeah. So all that basically told me is I was just unaligned with how to use my gifts. Hmm. Okay. I can't be aligned. So again, this is not related necessarily to student loans, but we talk about that's how do good. we get here? How do we tap into purpose? How do we get into profit? You can reverse engineer everything I just said and apply it to yourself or to your child. And I'm sure that's a formula for success.
1: Absolutely. No, it it is. So thank you for those words of wisdom. Hey, we thought we were just going to talk to you, Sonia, about student loans, but I think everyone now is going to be doing some reflection on their purpose. So Mm -hmm. thank you. No, that was awesome. How can people get in contact with you?
0: Yes. So um, if they need an appointment with us, the quickest way is to visit DrPleaseHelpMe.com. If they want to engage with us, On Instagram, it's going to be um, the student loan doctor is my page or the student loan doctor's team is the team's page. Um, And then our phone number, um, our local number is 267-603-6437. That'll take you right to us as well. You could Google us. I mean, we're everywhere. So. I would just say that you just find your comfort point. You want to watch us for a while, engage with us on social media. You want to do a free webinar with us. We're good with that, too. We do topic webinars about every three weeks. Um, But for someone that really needs help, DrPleaseHelpMe.com. We'll connect them right to a free discovery call and we can get the ball rolling to see how we can help.
1: Excellent. Thank you so much. This was awesome. I think I have a few referrals for you, so um, okay, I'm going to be okay. uh, telling my peeps, hey, you need to reach out to the doctor and... um the student loan doctor and her team. So, Sonia, this was awesome. And to our listeners, you can reach us, rich black woman on Facebook at rich black on Facebook and then also at rich black woman on Instagram. And we're also on Twitter at rich black woman. So remember to share this podcast with your flossy posse, your crew, your play cousin, your friends, your mom, your sister. And don't forget to leave us a review. We so appreciate your words of positivity. And until next time, I'm your host Yaz of the Rich Black Woman Podcast. And remember we live in a world of abundance.